50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she is returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and the brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. It's Sophia Franklin. You are listening to Sophia with an F. And the F is for phenomenal. (laughs) This podcast is rated F. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, everybody. How is everybody doing? Welcome to the new Sophia with an F. And the F stands for phenomenal. Mm Mm-hmm. Before I go balls to the wall, because this is going to be a Yumi and Dupree episode, aka it's just me talking the entire fucking time. Lucky you guys. Just a reminder to subscribe. I will be dropping a vlog this week that I think is my best work so far. So so far out of the three vlogs that I've dropped. This one is by far and away the best. And yeah, you guys, welcome to the new Sloot Media Studios. You sloots. I am recording by myself, but you guys know John like the Bible. My best friend, John, he is in the room. He's wearing a bucket hat and he's trying to throw me off my groove. He's throwing shit at me. (laughs) Okay, so you guys probably noticed the aesthetic change. There's a lot of new going on. I'm a brand new bitch. I am. I mean, every single day, you can decide to be a brand new bitch. That's that's the magic of it. But aside from like the new and improved shit that you can see, like my new cover art, this insane new studio that I'm recording from, which is like a hybrid showroom, it's, it's sick. It's dope. There are some things that you can't see, but that's okay because you will soon. This new era of swaf is so special to me. I feel, I feel as if I can finally breathe again. And there are like a number of reasons why I decided to do this, but just know this, you can reinvent yourself whenever the fuck you want. Like, you're tired of the bitch that you've been being? That English was gorgeous. You're tired of the bitch you've been being? <laughs> then it, time for reincarnation, okay? You are a slug, you're coming back as a fucking horse. Have you seen their dicks? That's how you're coming back. 
But there's like a lot more to come. See, this is what happens when I record by myself. I start saying really inappropriate shit. But there's a lot more to come. And uh, the best things come to those who wait. Talking to myself. I'm talking to you guys. And oh, next week, actually, I have the literal queen of sleuths coming to record with me. And I don't know how I'm going to behave around her. I'm going to be like fangirling so hard, but try not cool. But I'm going to keep my cool for you guys. And how about we get into the fucking episode? I want to start by talking about the cover art. I want to quickly talk about it, not because I'm obsessed with myself, but because there's like some hidden meaning in the cover art. It's like a Where's Waldo. It's a little game. There's like some cryptic, like there's some meaning behind a certain spot in the cover art. It's not my pussy. Check out the handwriting where it says my name. There is a meaningful reason why we chose that font, that style. And (laughs) okay, you guys remember Birkin Boy? Yes. He gifted me a Birkin for my birthday. Great sex. We've been seeing each other for a minute now. A little unstable. I mean, not as unstable as I am, but like we have that kind of crazy. We both have it going on. Anyways, over the summer, this past summer, within a few weeks of us dating, thinking back, it was, I don't know, it, it hadn't even been a month that we were dating, he decided to get a tattoo. And how he approached me about this tattoo was, I have never felt this way about a girl before. You obviously have trust issues. Okay, Birkin boy, like we all do. You do too, honey. But he told me, I want to do something to show you how much I love you and make you feel like you can trust me. He will uh, pull his dick out, show me the tattoo and be like, babe, what girl is going to fuck me with this tattoo literally adjacent to my penis? And I'm like, I don't know if that logic really adds up. Like you can really say anything you want about a tattoo, but I digress. He said that he wanted to get it because he's fucking obsessed with me and the pussy is bomb. My reaction which might be surprising to some people, was absolutely fucking not. I might be like a crazy bitch, but I have, you know, I, I'm I'm normal, I'm rational when it comes to certain things, like tattooing a fucking boyfriend or girlfriend's name on your body or fucking husband or wife. You guys will end up breaking up or divorced. I mean, just like, I'm, I'm just saying, look at the statistics. It's a pretty good fucking chance. So I told him, babe, I think there's a lot of other ways that you can show me you love me. Honestly, like I don't think like inking yourself, branding yourself is like, I don't think that's the one we got to do right away. You know, maybe like a few years into this, like there's other little things you could do, like flowers, chocolate, take me shopping, Um, a Birkin, babe. Hello. You did the Birkin, like the tattoo. Like we don't need to do the tattoo. He was going to do the fucking tattoo. He didn't give a fuck. 
And I looked at him and I told him, hey, you know that there is a very, very, very good chance that we don't end up together, right? And the tattoo will no longer be able to be my name, correct? Like you're gonna have to turn that fucking tattoo into Cynthia or Sylvia or Sarah. Like it's gonna be like a whole ordeal. And I wasn't even saying that because I'm not into him. I was just saying, like I said earlier, facts. People break up. Relationships rarely last a lifetime. Oh my God, am I being like a little cynical? And you know what? There are some healthy relationships out there, but whatever. We had been dating for like two or three weeks, people. So I told him it was dumb. I was very blunt with him. And even my fucking, my best friend, Ali, she was with me and she looked at him in his face and was like, that is the dumbest fucking shit. And Sophia cannot be trusted. And you are dumb if you're getting the tattoo. So fast forward, he's getting the tattoo and he does not give a fuck. And he basically said, I'm going to get this done tonight with or without you. My initial reaction was like, fuck you, go and do it. And then I had like a coming to Jesus moment. I am not going to miss out on that opportunity. A fucking dude getting your name inked in forever into his body engraved. Like call me a fucking sadist or a narcissist. That shit is fucking hot. It, there is something really, really sexy about it. Sorry. That's just how I feel. Like when we're fucking and I can see it and it's like, okay, like I own this dick. I own this bitch. So we go to dinner and start drinking heavily. I think I was drinking heavily because I was kind of thinking to myself like, holy shit, Sophia, this guy's a little bit younger than you. You just came out of a very serious relationship. You don't really know where your head's at with everything and you're gonna let him permanently ink and stain his body with your name. Like you're gonna allow that. But you know what? It wasn't up to me anymore. I'm getting more than tipsy. Like I'm gonna say I'm at like the six espresso martini range and uh, I'm I'm drunk. <laughs> I feel like that just reminded me of like when I'm talking to my mom and she's like, well, how many drinks did you have? Or like, how crazy did you get? And I'm like, I mean, there was like two espresso martinis. Like it wasn't that crazy. Um, anyway, so I'm drunk. And he's like, okay, well, your name needs to be in your signature. And I'm like, absolutely, it fucking does. I grab uh, my lip liner out of my purse. We grab a napkin and I start just practicing my signature over and over and over again. Looking back um, at the napkin, because we did keep it because we're so cute. That is not my signature. And when I say I was drunk, I think I was highly, highly intoxicated close to a blackout, which I don't do anymore now that I'm older, but that's that wasn't my handwriting. I don't know if I fucking ended up doing it with my left hand or my feet, my fucking eyes closed. Like the shit looks pretty alarming. And the crazier thing about it is we saw it on the napkin and fucking, you know, when you get a tattoo, they like place it 
right? They place it on your body so you can see what it will look like. And both of us were like, that is it. Fucking tap that shit on my chest, on my forehead. I want that shit everywhere. I want that shit. So um, yeah, it was not my handwriting to the point where, and I mean, this is kind of how I feel about the tattoo now. It's still alarming and I like forget it's there until he gets naked and is like about to fuck me. And I'm like, ooh, like we, we really did that. But every time we show it to someone, it's a very interesting reaction because people look genuinely horrified or scared or disgusted or lie and say that they think it's cool. Because it's not that it's not cool. You know what it is? When Picasso first started painting, people gave him so much fucking shit. Like they thought he was fucking crazy. They were like, you're scribbling like a fucking two-year-old. What is this garbage? Like, sure, I'll fucking throw this Picasso up on the fridge with a magnet with your crayon, but I'm not paying money for this shit. And now we know Picasso is what today? fucking Picasso, okay? So I think there's like a little bit of that going on. I think, you know, we're gonna fill in the tattoo a little bit, but people um, automatically, the first thing they say when they see it is that's fucking huge and it looks, and what tattoo artist fucking did this to you? It looks like a six-year-old wrote that. And I'm like, nope, that's me. That's me, Picasso. So that's where the signature on my cover art came from. I really feel like I have no other choice but to share a pic of it now. Like no one will understand the magnitude of this thing. Like it's, it's, a, it's gorgeous, it's the Mona Lisa, but it's like what in the actual fuck were you guys thinking, you know? And I just, I don't know, I like i like my men to be branded. Like now that's like a necessity in every relationship moving forward. It's like, do I want a boyfriend or a fan? I think I want like both, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'll take both. Get my name tatted like you're my fan and my boyfriend. I don't want a boyfriend that's not a fan, okay? excited about this one, guys. I'm getting in my grown woman bag. I'm entering my wifey era at full speed and no one can stop me because I've been investing in myself and in my kitchen. I used to buy the absolute cheapest cookware I could possibly find and mm -mm, Mm-mm-mm, not the move. The move is high quality, thoughtfully designed, non-toxic, and incredibly cute cookware from, drumroll please, Great Jones. You are welcome. Great Jones cookware is so stunning. You will actually want to cook. It's like getting a new super cute slash hot workout set, you'll be at the gym later that day. No question. My Dutch baby from Great Jones 
aka the cutest baby pink Dutch oven in the color taffy. I keep that shit on display. That is when I'm not using it. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to nonstick pans, Great Jones has it all. I got my first skillet, you guys. Like, fuck an engagement ring. I can't wait to actually make all the recipes I have saved but never touched because I was ill-equipped. But now, I'll let y'all know when Sloot's giving dinner is because I am prepared. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old, rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SOFIA. That's greatjones.com, promo code SOFIA. So now, everybody, without further ado, let's get into the episode because I have quite a few things that I want to discuss. Starting with the fact that I am basically on cloud nine. I have never felt better. Um, My IG is on fire right now. Serotonin levels are leveled the fuck up. I'm killing it in every way. And that was a fucking lie and a joke. And because I'm so real and honest with the sleuths, I like haven't been feeling that great, to be honest. I know I probably shouldn't be saying that on this fucking like, yes, like this fucking new era, everybody, but I don't give a fuck. Yeah, I haven't been feeling the greatest I've ever had. Is it just me and all of my friends or is everyone sad as shit right now? I've seen this similar pattern where every year around this time, I start to not feel too great, which I think there's more to why I'm not feeling that great, which I'm going to get into a little bit later. But it's, I don't know, January. It, it fucking sucks. How about, I think this is what would solve the entire fucking thing is I am releasing a petition, move the holidays to the end of winter. That is such a mind fuck. Do you know how fucked up it is? At the very beginning of winter, you got Halloween. Okay, you're fucking high off that. Then a month later, Thanksgiving. Amazing. One month later, okay? Three back to back to backs. You've got good old Sandy Claus and the best holiday on planet Earth. Christmas is the best holiday. I think so. Well, and Hanukkah, let's not fucking forget about that, okay? I am acknowledging my Jewish roots. I need to get more in touch with them. If anyone wants to help me, please reach out. I did go on a birthrate trip though once, but it's like you have all of these amazing holidays that are all jam-packed in the very beginning of winter and you are spending time drinking spiked eggnog. You are not going to work because people are not working during the holidays. You are spending time with your family. You're basically having the best time ever. And then just when you think the fun is over and it needs to fucking wind down, we're hitting you with a fucking New Year's Eve. 
Okay. New Year's Eve, which is arguably, I mean, I don't think it's as fun as Christmas, but like in terms of turning the fuck up and maybe taking drugs and, you know, champagne and all that shit, like it's the party holiday for sure. And it gets you really, really, really fucking excited for the new year to come. Like really, really excited. And then you're three weeks into January, like how we are right now. And I'm kind of feeling like, I'm not, I'm not feeling like that same girl that was there New Year's Eve, you know, talking about like her dreams and her goals. I'm kind of feeling like a completely different bitch and I'm trying to understand what happened since New Year's and now, because right now I'm fucking depressed, okay? Why would you put all of the fucking serotonin and the dopamine, you know, up in front and then you go on the best MDMA world tour of your life and then your, your GABA receptors and your neurons are fucked and fried for the rest of that fucking music festival, okay? Because you used up all of your happy-go-lucky feelings for the first fucking day of the festival. So I did like a little search and I was just like, honestly, Google, like, why am I feeling so sad? I'm not feeling like Fergie doing one-handed cartwheels on the Today Show. <laughs> While singing, by the way, <laughs> if you guys haven't seen that clip, run, don't walk. I will fucking post that shit. It's, she ha it had to have been during her meth days and I applaud her for it. It was the performance of a lifetime. So I take to Google and guess what? Guess what shows up? This article, by the way, it was a peer reviewed article, okay? I didn't fucking find it on TikTok. I'm not looking at fake news shit and eating up everything, no. Okay, so I look at this article and it says, January is in fact the most depressing month of the year, meaning the most amount of people in any given month, they will feel the most depressed in January. Hi, thank you. It's like, okay, so now my feelings feel a little bit more validated. Like I'm not out here alone. And that made me feel a little bit better because it's like, okay, so we have 10 days left and then we're into February. And then it's like, you know, we're kind of out of the woods. Like we're starting to see hope. The thing is, wait, what day is it today when this drops? The 19th. Um, the most depressing day in January is the 24th. <laughs> so like, so like you don't have the best ahead of you. You actually have like the worst, saddest, most horrific day coming your way. But right after you get over that 24th hump, you know, it's going to start looking, it's going to start feeling better and looking better for all of us. So uh, just a little PSA, be careful about what you're doing on the 24th of January, okay? I just want to remind everybody, if you woke up today, you're already killing it. You are killing it. Just a gentle reminder. I wonder if the fact that January is dry January for a lot of people, 
I wonder if that has something to do with how depressed everybody is. I would probably be feeling a lot better right now if I was, you know, back on the bottle. Or maybe a lot worse, you know, it, it really, it depends. And yes, guys, I have been sober 19 days now. No alcohol. More about that in a second. I just want to quickly tell you guys, though, because this like depression shit is real. I want to tell you my personal tips for surviving just the rest of the winter. <laughs> I make it sound like we're like Siberia, Alaska. It hasn't even snowed in New York. But you know what? The symptoms and the seasonal depression is all the same. Okay. So here are my tips. And they're not like, oh my God, like get exercise, like meditate. I mean, those are obviously good things. These are Sophia tips. Okay. Tips you're not going to fucking find on Google. Okay. First tip. And this one is my favorite. Buy yourself a happy light. That's it. I mean, I could really end the list here, but a happy light, for those of you who don't know, is you can buy one off Amazon. They are not expensive. I think I saw one for like 30 bucks. And it's this light that you set up on your desk. They're like small and compact. And you turn it on for 20 minutes a day. And it gives you that same... <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not about to say that the fucking happy light gives you vitamin D. I'm not about to say that, but it mimics the same thing that the sun does, right? Because during the winter, I feel like I'm in fucking Iceland right now in New York. The sun is up for 20 minutes and then it's gone. So with the happy light, it's right there and it is clinically proven to improve your mood. And all you have to do is fucking have it sitting next to you for 20 minutes. I mean, done, done, done. I am ready to be a fucking iguana in my fucking cage and just have that fucking light over me. Oh my God, and my heated floors in my bathroom? <laughs> I am about to be sprawled Ow! I just need like a huge ass rock. That's all I need. Oh my God, this shit is gonna be fire. Are you kidding me? Heated floors in the bathroom. I get this grooved fucking pebble that can fit my body and the fucking happy light. And I'm like an iguana just loving my life. I, I mean, that's kind of incredible. Which brings me to my next tip. Go somewhere warm. If you can afford it, go somewhere warm. If you can't afford it, iguana it up like me. And then you can, you know, kind of create a, an illusion and a feeling of like a tropical paradise, right? Or, and people are gonna get so fucking mad at me, very, very upset. If you can't go on a trip, then go to the fucking tanning salon, put your Playboy Bunny sticker on, right? So you can see how tan you got and your cocoa Fruity Pebbles tanning lotion and your goggles and hop in the tanning bed. Sorry. I'm sorry. I said it. I understand. Skin cancer is real. Tanning beds are very, very bad for you. I honestly, if you're like vitamin D deficient and you just want to hop in there two times a year, 
with sunscreen, then do it, right? Like I'd rather you die sooner because of cancer happy than you die later super depressed because you never got in that tanning bed, you know what I mean? And I typically would never suggest Florida, but now might be a good time. Like, I think now January is the time that I think that's acceptable and could be good for you. But that's that's the last time you're going to hear me say that. Um, what other things? Take vitamins. Take your A, B, D, C, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, Z. Take take all those vitamins. You guys got to have the fucking ABCs. Eat something warm. Sounds basic, sounds simple. When it's fucking cold out and you're too much of a pussy to get outside, which was my next tip, and you're spending all of your time indoors, like most of us do, uh, aka me, eating something warm when it's fucking freezing, it's like, it, it feels happy. It feels good to the body and to the mind. Can you feel it, Sloots? The days are getting warmer and spring has officially sprung, which means spring break is here. Which for the older folk, that basically means people are going outside, they're staying outside, and they are staying out way longer. But the thing is, who wants to deal with those post-party struggles? I know I don't. I mean, I quite literally and physically can't at this stage in my life. And that's where my spring break essential comes in, which is Taste Salute. Say goodbye to the Sunday Scaries with Taste Salute's hydrating drink mixes. Listen, I started my spring break a little bit early last weekend when my best friend Allie came to town And we had a night or two on the town. And how I felt, honestly, come Monday morning was better than any spring break party you can imagine. And that is a rare occurrence for me and has only started happening since I've started drinking Taste Salute religiously. Because unlike those big name brands we all know, Salud knocks it out of the park with their one-of-a-kind flavors. I'm drinking one right now. And no, it's not because I plan on drinking any kind of alcohol, but just because I'm trying to get hydrated and energized. I'm obviously drinking the horchata flavor, but you get to enjoy flavors like cucumber lime, hibiscus, and... They even have mocktails now. Say hello to Paloma and Strawberry Margarita. Filled with electrolytes and vitamins that support hydration and boost immunity with less sugar. I'm talking only one gram of sugar per stick. This is exactly what you need to get your Sunday fun day going, regardless of what the rest of the day entails. And here's the best part. They're sharing the love with all of my listeners. Enjoy 10% off your first purchase with the code SOFIA10 at checkout. That's S-O-F-I-A and the number 10 at tastesalude.com. 
Cheers to health this spring break season with Taste Salute. Apartments.com believes having a gym in your building does way more than just get you in shape. It turns your entire life around and is a great place to scope out the hot guy that lives in your building. And by guy, I mean guys. Having a gym in your building makes it 10 times more likely that you actually end up, show up, and work out. I mean, it's five floors down or whatever it is. And you'll be saving money on a gym membership that you'll go to probably half as much. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live is easy. Apartments.com hosts more rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. Or a treadmill, for that matter. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Those were kind of my tips, you guys. I mean, I think they're really incredible. You know what? March is around the corner. We're all going to be fine. It's all going to be fine until um, I talk to you guys about something serious. I was about to say a little bit serious. No, this is going to be me like being extremely vulnerable with you guys. And I just I want to talk about it. And it kind of piggybacks off the sadness that I was talking about that I've been experiencing. So let's just, let me just like rip the bandaid off. I'm going to tell you what's been going on. I know no one thought I could and I turned out to be the little engine that could. I have not had a sip of alcohol since New Year's Day. I mean, if you want to get into the technicalities, like, yeah, maybe I toasted with champagne at midnight, but I have stuck to the dry January. I have not had a sip of the juice. And I decided to implement that same thing with drugs that I take. Primarily the um benzos that i will fucking pop in my mouth like a tic tac a few times a week when i'm dealing with fucking insomnia we're talking about clonopin people okay so i've been prescribed clonopin for i don't know how long um i just use it on like a as needed basis i would say i average taking it two times a week up to four times a week like I don't fucking know it depends on the week and I was like you know what I just want to quit that shit like I I don't feel like I really need it sure it helps with sleep here and there or anxiety whatever but if I'm on this fucking kick like I'm gonna throw throw all the drugs in there you know watch this bitch get real clean I mean I would never but like I was like I can do those you know those two things So I stopped taking Klonopin and the past two nights have been bizarre and scary. So Monday night, I get in bed and I noticed like a few hours before I got in bed, I was just feeling like extremely low 
this low that I'm describing is, and trigger warning for anybody, it was so dark and I was so depressed that it felt like it was one degree away from suicidal thoughts. That is how deep and dark and just insane this bout of depression was that I had. And I am telling you, I have not experienced a depression that severe since like, I can't even remember. Like it's been years that I felt one that intensely. So I'm like, why is this fucking happening? Right? Because there was no external um, situation that happened that would have caused me to be upset. Nothing had changed. And I was like trying to put my finger on it. What in the actual fuck? I pull up my health app on my phone. You're going to start your period in two days. Okay. So that like kind of explains it, right? PMS is a real fucking thing. I don't know if I've ever gotten that depressed, you know, with my PMS symptoms, but it definitely like it can. And I have quit taking the clonopin and quit drinking. So maybe like a combination, right? Like that makes the most sense. And I just want to point out, I have um, cut out drugs and like benzos of any kind for weeks at a time and have been fine. And alcohol for weeks at a time and have been fine. So I was just, I was a little bit confused. I was like, you know what? It's the fucking PMS, like shit's fucking crazy. Okay, then the following night, which was last night actually, by the way, everybody, I have not slept, okay? Because all of this shit I'm about to talk about happened just last night and I am recording this off of an all-nighter. Yay, the fucking Klonopin, maybe I need to bring it, bring him back. So I stand up and it's like 8, 9 p.m. I'm wrapping up work and my vision had been bothering me for the past two days. And then it just hit a point where my vision is so blurry. I cannot see shit. And I'm like holding on to like my counter and the walls and shit to like get around my apartment. Um, the light sensitivity, insane. All of a sudden, I can't swallow. Like I feel like my throat closing up. I feel like I can't like get enough air. So I like run into the bathroom and I open my eyes and the floor like is completely distorted. Like the tiles just, it looked like, it was like a hallucination of sorts. And I just went into the craziest panic attack I have had in the past fucking like 10 years of my life, okay? And you guys know if you suffer from panic attacks, which I like got a hold of them, you know the feeling like once it hits, you're like, oh, I'm in this thing. And it was fucking crazy. I had a full-fledged panic attack. I asked Birkin Boy to please take me to the hospital. He tells me to calm down. <laughs> He's probably like, shut the fuck up, bitch. Like you do this every day. No, this shit was different. And he he was actually genuinely worried. So 
what else happened? There, there were other like symptoms that were happening. Oh, uh, I felt like SpongeBob. Anytime SpongeBob goes onto the land and he's like, water. I have never been more dry. My mouth, my vagina, my skin. My skin, all of a sudden, when I was trying to fall asleep that night, it felt like it was burning everywhere. And you guys probably don't want to hear this because it's TMI, but I don't give a fuck. I was like squirting shit out of my vagina and like not in a sexual way. I don't know if it was pee, like it didn't feel like pee, but it was it was a bodily function that I had no control over. I kept fucking looking at my underwear being like, oh my God, you started your period finally? No, just little squirts of like, I don't know what the fuck. So anyways, you guys, I had this really crazy realization and I thought to myself, hold up. You're telling me that yesterday I experienced the most depressive state I've had in the last three years. And the very next day I have a real life panic attack, which I haven't experienced a panic attack since college. Okay, so those two things are gonna happen back to back. I don't think so. I'm not gonna chalk that up to PMS. So I start looking into it and doing some research and everything that I was experiencing lined up perfectly with benzodiazepine withdrawals. It was pretty apparent that that was what was happening. Well, now that I say that, I mean, I'm not a fucking doctor. I don't know for sure, but their their symptoms and what the people of Reddit were saying, the similarities were uncanny. So I don't know. I would love to hear from you guys if you have experienced something like this, which I'm sure a lot of you have. I must be the most naive bitch on planet earth because this whole time and I've been taking clonopin on and off for I don't know like two three years probably and I don't take it every single day right I thought in order to be dependent whether physically or uh, physiologically or mentally dependent on a drug it had to be something that you take every single day right? Without fail. And I'm over here just, you know, taking them here and there, like whenever I feel like I need it. So in my mind, I was like, no way am I having these like crazy withdrawal symptoms. Am I just fucking stupid? I don't know. But yeah, the withdrawal symptoms, uh, getting off benzos, are very, very scary. And I do want to say something about this. I just quit that shit cold turkey. Apparently, that could be a very, very, very unsafe way to do it. People like get seizures and shit. And you're supposed to like taper off, which I called my psychiatrist, told him I was having like these withdrawal symptoms. And his response was, so should I prescribe you more? I'm like, you know what? That is American medicine for you. Yes, doctor. I know I just told you I'm trying to get off of something and like asking you for advice, but like, yeah. He's like, let me up your dosage, actually. That's probably why you're having withdrawal symptoms is because you haven't been taking enough. Four milligrams for you. 
Um, yeah. So that uh, was the past two days. And I feel a little bit better today because I did cave in and I did end up taking a little clonopin because I am going to taper off of it very slowly. Because those withdrawal fucking symptoms, guys, very scary shit. And I heard they can last a very long time. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into SOS, save our sleuths, question stories, advice from my favorite fucking people, the sleuths. All right, number one. Hi, darling. Mm. My boyfriend is 44 and I am 28. We have been together for two years. He has two kids, 25 years old and 19. Oh, she's 28 and the kid's 25. Okay. His happiness depends on how they are towards him. Both kids don't support us. I have been so patient this whole time and want kids and a family of my own, but his decisions depend on his kids. We aren't able to move forward with anything because he lets them control him. What should I do? Love you so much. Girl, I don't know what kind of, I don't know how you were raised. I don't know how you plan on raising your future kids. Wouldn't you be a little more concerned if your boyfriend didn't base his decisions around his kids? Am I fucking crazy here? Like, 
girl, what? I, and also throwing out the, the kids don't support us. They're 25 and 19 and you're 28. What, what are we talking about, girlfriend? I'm gonna try to level with you and understand. I, I could see how that would be hard. I've never dated a guy with kids, but yeah, I'm used to being like the princess in the relationship and it would be hard, but I think I would understand it. But I would not get into that relationship expecting like, okay, like once we're together, that fucking toddler that he calls his daughter, like she's gonna have to live like under the stairs like Harry Potter. Like you you sound like Harry Potter's aunt and uncle right now. Like you kind of sound like the evil stepsister in Cinderella. To be honest, I think that it is completely fine that he prioritizes his kids. And if you wanna have kids with him in the future, I would hope that you want him to prioritize those children as well, you know? So as far as you guys not being able to move forward with anything because the kids control him, what is like mind control? Do they have a fucking chip in his brain? What do you mean they control him, they're kids? I think you should just make it a little bit clear to your husband that maybe you need more attention. Tell him things that you need to feel love and feel fulfilled in that relationship and not so much having the focus be on all the shit he does for his kids because those are kind of all justified. Sorry, I just speak the truth. Okay, next. My fiance and his friend group are very wealthy. He is planning a massive blowout bachelor party in Ibiza. We are all in the States. My friends are all normal in quotation marks and I would be doing a normal bachelorette party based on our budgets, Nashville, etc. Do you think this is fair? Should my fiance be contributing to my bachelorette such that my friend group can do a similar party? Or should I be asking him to not do something so extravagant or just let it be? I'm gonna answer this by starting with something that is completely relevant to this fucking question, which is if you are broke, don't get married, okay? And I will get more into that on a different episode, but holy shit. Okay, back to this question though. One thing you absolutely will not do, Sloot, and I know you're gonna listen to me, you are not going to ask your husband to do something less extravagant. That, that is completely bonkers, A, Really, like them going to Ibiza is like what? Like it's gonna make your friend group in Nashville look lesser than? Like what, isn't this your fucking husband? Like don't you want him living it up? Not to mention, imagine when it gets back to all of his fucking friends, we're actually not gonna go to Ibiza. We're just gonna do like a wine tasting tour, you know, around Sonoma, California. It, it, it will be an easy drive. It will be sick, you guys. Like, you you really want to be the bitch where he had to explain that to his friends and they're like, bro, why the fuck would we do that? We have strippers and shit in Ibiza. And he's like, um, because my wife doesn't want the bachelor party upsetting the bachelorette party. 
Like that, that's fucking crazy, girl. So that is one thing you absolutely will not do. Do I think it's okay for you to ask your fiance to contribute to your bachelorette so that you and your friends can do something similar? I mean, is the sky blue? Is the grass green? Yeah. Like if he's rich as fuck, as you're saying, then absolutely. I mean, I don't know what type of relationship you guys have. I don't know if you take care of your shit financially and he does his, but I mean, what am I talking about? I take care of all my shit financially. I am still going to liquidize and squeeze every penny I can out of every guy. Like, absolutely. He's about to be your husband. Fucking set the bar. Set the bar right now before you guys get married and let him know, like, this this is what's going to be happening. Yeah. And we would like to go to Greece and we want to be on a private island and, you know, we want to be flown in on a PJ. Like, let him fucking know. Or... Honestly, I think you could also let it be. Them in Ibiza doing whatever and you and your girlfriends in Nashville doing whatever, you're going to have the same amount of fun, if not more, than they are. Okay? What? They're on like some fucking, they're like yacht hopping. Who gives a fuck? Hi, have one of your bridesmaids flash her tits and I'm sure a rich guy will take you on his fucking boat. Like, that doesn't fucking matter. Nashville can get wild. Trust me. I had a guy expose his penis to me there as well, which is a story for another time. All right, next. Sophia, you need to give a hot take on the Facebook page called Are We Dating the Same Guy? A bunch of girls getting together to share their horror stories with the guys that they've dated. Both insane and hilarious. I found out my ex was a complete psychopath and have screenshots to prove it. So this was actually a DM I received. And this is fucking crazy. So essentially there is this Facebook page. Are we dating the same guy? Which, I mean, if you even have a second, a fragment of a second of doubt that your guy is being shady, welcome to this new fucking Facebook group. I mean, that should be your first place that you look. And what a fucking bonding experience. It's like when you find out that your dude has been shady, you automatically like want to like hate the other girl, right? And you're like, you know, there's like bad feelings. But what if it was this John Tucker must die type shit and you guys all become like a little army on this Facebook page and ruin this fucker's life? I, I mean, I'm obsessed with this. No hating on Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg, you fucking lizard staring at me and looking at me. Um, just kidding. He's a shapeshifter. I got that mixed up. I mean, Facebook isn't really like there should be an app for this, you know, like I, I can't remember the last time I was like, you know, chilling on a Facebook page per se. But now now I might start. This is fucking incredible. Oh, my God. I want to go on there and just like just scroll. Like what if I see like my my girlfriend's dude, husbands, people I know from work on there like holy fucking shit. Wow. 
Okay, well, everybody, now you know what you're doing uh, for the rest of the day. When you're not fucking working, you will be on this Facebook page. Again, it's Are We Dating the Same Guy? I know what I'm going to be doing all night. Okay, Sloots. Wow, that episode. Lots of ups, downs. We laughed. We cried. You know, we got to know each other a little bit better. I have no recollection of what just came out of my mouth, which is always fun if I have to listen back to it. And I love you guys so much. I'm really excited for this new fucking era. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys. And without further ado, I guess you guys, I'll be talking to you next week. Also, follow me, Sophia with an F, Franklin with a Y, on all social media channels. You don't want to miss it, okay? There's ass, there's grass, and there's gas. So you can get in that car and drive away. Love you, sleuths. Obviously, I need to end the night. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.